Emily Rose Acorn. <laughs> Emily Rose. Rose. I'm into that. I'm into that. <laughs> it's Rose, right? Yeah. Okay, it's Rose. <laughs> no, I'm into Rose. That's cool. <laughs> Emily Rose Acorn McIsaac. I just got married about a month ago. Okay. So. Nice. How's yeah. that been going? It's going great. Yeah. Yeah. Feel different being married? Yeah, actually. I wasn't expecting it to be so different, but because like obviously I love him and we get along so yeah. taking it to the next step but it was a pretty uh, special day we both were very emotional and it was that's awesome yeah we just had a little wedding in our backyard with our parent like our moms and uh Petra and our dog right yeah it's because corona season so you can't have big celebrations right now yeah right so you reached out a little while ago um we were kind of talking chatting about um the podcast you said you might want to come on at some point and um you kind of mentioned that you also um had your own at one point you did a couple of interviews and you're actually a, a journalist or yeah i took the took the journalism course at hong college okay um two years ago now but yeah it was great yeah yeah um so um maybe you could kind of introduce like um why you were thinking you wanted to come on here or um kind of the, some of the things that you've kind of been through up to this point. So what I love about your podcast is like, it's just uh, so important oh, for everyone oh, to oh, talk. <laughs> <laughs> what I love about your podcast is it's so important to talk about these things. Yeah. And uh, the more we talk about them, the less people feel alone and mm -hmm. the less awkward everything is, you know, and yeah. I'm really noticing like people are really opening up and I just want to continue that flow. Mm. Like for an example, it's not like you have to go to someone with a big, heart-to-heart -heart, uh, conversation and pull them to so aside to tell to talk about anxiety or to talk about depression it's it's kind of like a quick conversation now a guy at my kickboxing class was just kind of talking to me he's like oh the the pandemic really got to me I was just so in my own head I was so anxious so nice to get out now when I find like there was a time where nobody would say that yeah you know 100 percent. Yeah, yeah for sure that's cool. And I think like the pandemic is a good example of how like, you know, it's probably very common that situation where we we're all kind of in our heads where we we're just spending a lot of time at home, like especially for people that, that couldn't work. Yeah. And even if you could, like you still couldn't leave the house as much. So it's a big change. Yeah. And I think that's what really drop kicked me, the pandemic. And a lot of my friends, yeah, that drop kicked them too. But for me, it was, uh, I just had a baby and then you're kind of like, I feel like my uh, isolation lockdown was like double what it was. Like I, I was just like stuck in the inside for my last like third trimester. So I'm just like this giant <laughs> pregnant woman <laughs> and I can't really do much and I don't want to do much. And then I thought it would go away. Like, um, yeah, sorry. I'm kind of getting a little um, unorganized, but it's okay. like, no yeah. So I started getting the, postpartum depression in my last uh, trimester mm -hmm. and I had this feeling of oh well when once I have the baby I won't feel like this and it'll be great and this this feeling will go away it's just because I can't move right now and all this so then when I had the baby um it didn't go away and so it took a lot of like strength and like to get out of bed I was really depressed and I uh a good way to describe it was it felt like I, I'm, I've served for a long time in restaurants and it kind of feels like a no day off of serving, you know, it's kind of like a, um, 
your last table that annoying last table is like constantly at your house you know (laughs) what i mean that's kind of like the work side of it anyway yeah so that's how it is whenever the baby is like it's called the fourth trimester when they're born so she was just like sucking the life out of me pretty much like I needed to heal my um, tear, so I had like a third degree tear. Oh shit! And also, it was just <laughs> like a thirty. No, how long was it? Fifteen hours of labor. Jesus Christ! Something like that. Yeah, and I it was induced, and it was just like so, uh, like horrific. I would mm-hmm. say. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but it does get better. So if anybody listening to this is having a baby, like you just know that. It does get better. The baby's not that kind of baby forever. So I had it in my head that like forever I was going to just be hearing and it was going to be annoying and just no time for myself. Like you don't even have time to uh, have a shower sometimes. Like you, it's really, uh, it's like you have this little caveman person and you're teaching them how to be a human, you know, like a, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a, a really, blank slate. Yeah, it's not what the books say that it is, and there's no way you can prepare someone for for it. All babies are different, all people are different, and it's just uh, look out for postpartum depression and read about it. Because I didn't think I'd get it, and I was just like, you know, I won't get it, I'll just be careful or whatever. And then it just turned into like really scary um, like movies in my head, which is what, how I got uh, diagnosed with OCD. And... Um, yeah <laughs> sorry if i'm like kind of all over the place I no feel like I'm, for sure so like when it started whisper. in like your third trimester like what was that like just uh, what did uh, it come on as? just getting like every day uh taking baths and reading and then you're just kind of i don't want to do this like i'm a very active person and i'm really hyper and mm-hmm. to have that like to, i felt like really like locked inside of my own body yeah and so I felt very like, oh, I can't wait till I can get back on the track or like just walk, go for a walk again. And and then to recover after that big uh, labor and birth was just like annoying as fuck. <laughs> and then uh, once I did recover, I so you're recovering and you're also helping this baby who's crying all the time mm. and they don't know why they're crying. They don't know what, what's going on. You don't really know what's going on. And it's mm. just like so like like your relaxation and me time is like sitting on a sits bath while your baby's like watching you probably crying but you have to like soak your tear so that it's not you know what i mean like this Mm. is your normal day and Mm. it turns into like pajamas every day and like i didn't like even look at my hair for so long didn't uh care about my appearance didn't take care of myself you know Mm -hmm. too busy for that but uh what were we just talking about I was just talking about like the third trimester of um, when it started. Yeah. So it was just kind of the, I was moping around and I really held on to the, to the fact that like soon I won't be pregnant and I'll have this beautiful baby. And then like, it didn't go away. Right. You know? And it was just kind of (laughs) shitty. So the, uh, the energy thing is a big thing for you. Like you're very hyper and um, Mm. like active. Yeah. So it was hard to not be like that. Yeah, because I ran, um, I went to the gym and ran a lot on just the treadmill running for till I was like 35 weeks pregnant. So I'm really glad I did that because it would have felt like so much longer if I couldn't do that. Um, 
But when I stopped, it was just like a couch laying around, naps, and you're just like, tired. You don't want to do anything. And it's just like not me. Like that's not the kind of person I am. Right. So it's hard to uh, understand that I'm just doing this because I'm pregnant. Just let yourself relax. And mm-hmm. I just, it, I'm not very good at relaxing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's hard to remember that it's temporary. Yeah. And that's a hundred percent. If anybody's getting anything from me talking today, I want them to know that it's so effing temporary because <laughs> everyone would say that to me and i'd be like yeah everyone's saying that but here, here i am today again again mm-hmm. and also i think i had it uh i think i had it a little rough because once i was able to get back in the pool i it was like two weeks of swimming maybe three weeks three weeks of like swimming three times a week so i was feeling good i'm out of the house again my tear is okay my body's somewhat back to normal and uh, then the pandemic happened and it was like, oh, we have to start all over and you're stuck inside again. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. Yeah. And I was just like so upset about it. And I just wanted to like hang out with my friends and like because I didn't get to do that for so long. And I yeah. wanted to show Petra everyone. Yeah. So it was a buzzkill for sure. Right. Um, but then I started getting like really like delusional and it was like really creepy because I couldn't tell like what was real and what wasn't. So, like, in my head, I would just, like, make up really weird, like, specific um, stories, pretty much. And they would be, like, really vivid movies and, like, just be really, like, like, I would be able to lie to myself really well. And uh, it would often be, like, about um, I'm a bad mom or or uh, my husband hates me, you know? And I'd just, like, I would be like, no, he doesn't hate. In my head, it's like, your husband hates you. And I'm like, no, he doesn't. He's with me every day. He's great. And then he's like, yeah, but he's only doing that because of this. And then, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then this huge thing would happen in my head. And and then I would push him away because I would be mad at him for doing, for like being mean to me in my head. Mm. But it wasn't real. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's even hard to explain, but just like obsessively thinking over like someone else's opinion about me. Mm-hmm. And I just kept obsessively thinking over uh, a lot of different things too, like what my family thought about me and like, and also I had a really hard time with uh, um, her being a girl. Like I'm kind of scared for her to grow up as a girl because I always felt like a really strong woman and I don't like, I'm sort of a tomboy, I guess, but I just like did waste a lot of time. I learned a lot of lessons from boys and boys there was a lot of them that were not nice to me and they like I've been taken advantage of before and definitely in an abusive relationship and I didn't overly like care about that happening to me but now that I have Petra it's like I let them do it to Petra it's like by letting people treat me like that I'm saying it's okay to treat Petra like that I don't know if that makes sense but just little things like that and I started really noticing them how sexualized women are in society like in every movie you can't watch like i can't watch any movie without there being like boobs a couple times you know Mm -hmm. so i found that every time i would watch a movie and there would be like boobs in the scene this never happened to me before either i just felt so uncomfortable and because i wasn't just thinking like oh this is kind of weird i don't want to watch this with my boyfriend but whatever it's just a movie (laughs) like that's what i'm thinking yeah but now the thought is like what if Petra watches a movie with her boyfriend and this makes her sad because do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's become this like bigger thing. And I, and I, uh, definitely obsessed over that was another one. Right. Yeah. So this is like a complete 
perspective change where you're thinking about it like not just for you all of a sudden it's like for your child as well yeah and like that but by obsessing over these things i would like research in them and like just couldn't stop thinking about them and having such a strong opinion i wanted to like bring up the bring up the topics with my friends all the time and yeah just kind of like it's nice to know that i uh, diagnosed with it really uh, helps because now when i'm starting to obsess and i i'm like oh this is clearly ocd this isn't not what you think like okay yeah so what was like the process like of getting di- diagnosed with that I talked to my doctor um, about postpartum. I was diagnosed with postpartum depression. and um, I guess we should... How did you get diagnosed with that as well? With postpartum depression? Yeah. Let me think here. I was just being very... So my husband... We just had a baby, and every time my husband would leave the house, I would be like really jealous or like really... Uh, mostly jealous. I felt very like... Um, he, nothing in his life changed. Like his job didn't change. He could go hang out with his friends and I was stuck inside with this like baby. So I would often be like, please don't leave. Like you can't leave me and stuff. And it, it ended up like kind of snowballing down, but Phil is, I'm so lucky because he just understands so, so much and he's so like willing to listen. And, uh, yeah, (laughs) I often think like if I, if this was anybody anybody else, they wouldn't be with me right now because I was just accusing him of being mean to me, and he wasn't. It was just right. in my head, and I was obsessing over like things he said to like a year ago, or right. just really weird. And I'm just uh, I've just been diagnosed with OCD, so I'm also just learning about it too and figuring it out. My doctor gave me an OCD handbook. It's like a workbook, and uh, that's how I realized it was OCD because there's questions in it, and you fill out it's like a test thing. And yeah, and uh, I was also diagnosed with BDD, um, body dysmorphia disorder. And I hate talking about that because uh, it makes me feel like um, like I'm superficial or I might look at other people's bodies and judge them or I'm only thinking about what I look like, you know, but it's much more than that. And I'm always I've always been a very fit person, too. And, uh, after I gave birth in the hospital, it was like a horror movie when I, I really needed a shower and they have these like shower rooms and the hospital was honestly like gross. I didn't want to be there. I wanted to go home to my shower right away mm-hmm. and putting a full length mirror in this bathroom was the stupidest idea anybody's ever had. Mm-hmm. Like you should totally like the hospital people should totally not have a full-length mirror in that bathroom. It's specifically for people who just gave birth to take a shower. And uh, it's like a bathhouse room. But when I got in there and I saw my body, like, right, it's like two or three hours after birth, I was just like, oh. Like, I felt like I was in a scare, a scary movie. Like, I mm-hmm. felt like I was... I just looked like um deflated, wrinkly, and... You know, like I was stretched out to here and I was 50 pounds heavier. Wow. And uh, then everything just goes out. So it was just all skin. And again, I didn't know it was going to be temporary. So I just started bawling looking in the mirror and just, oh, it was awful. And not to mention they had no hot water in the hospital. So Jesus I took a Christ, free- that is a horror movie. <laughs> yeah, like I took it's a like- freezing cold shower crying. Look at yourself in the shower and take a cold shower. Yeah. 
and also I can understand why they might need the mirror for if you wanted to check out your stitches or if you needed yeah. to look, you know. Mm-hmm. But oh, it was so bad, and I think that's where the BDD came from because I keep uh, obsessively thinking about that horror movie, and uh, yeah, it just uh, I started to. So I was breastfeeding, and I was supposed to be eating a lot. So I started to like try to not eat, and uh, I eventually just like trained myself to like forget to eat, or like not even think about it. So I'm back at uh, I'm getting back into fitness and everything, and my husband and I are doing some boxing in the basement, and I am doing like thirty leg kicks like um, all in a row, nice, just to like end the thing, and it's it's really tough to do, especially when I'm like not in my best shape, but. Uh, I just started having such a bad panic attack like right as soon as I stopped and I couldn't breathe and I started crying but there was nothing I was actually crying about I just was scared that my heart was gonna explode and Phil sure enough just like was like what did you eat today and I was like I didn't eat anything today and I don't know if I ate anything yesterday like you know and again that's why I hate to say because I don't want people to think that I would do that just to look a certain way you know what I mean Mm mm-hmm so it's it's just trying to feel like I have uh, um, the same body that I used to have. And I sort of fe- uh, went through this in puberty when I was in grade eight. I gained a bunch of weight and I had hips and boobs. And I was like, what do I do now? Like all my swimming times went down because I ha- had more body, you know? Mm-hmm. So you You're just a swimmer, feel- were you? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I still swim too a bit. And it was really nice to get back in the pool after having a baby really helped right i imagine so you went through the same kind of thing in grade eight yeah so i think i um must have had it my whole life because i can remember being in like grade like six and thinking i was like really fat like when i look in the mirror it's not what people actually see Mm -hmm. and also like acne is another thing like i i have so much acne and i'm always picking at it and i'm always like thinking about it and you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so I think uh, the BDD kind of, it's a, it's a sister of the OCD, I guess. Yeah. Um, so what are some of the, like, so what are some of the symptoms of that? Is it just kind of like that kind of like obsessive behavior over the yeah. body kind of thing? With the BDD? Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of um, like, it's not how I look is not how I feel or something like I feel much bigger and like bloated it's hard it's really weird hard to explain a good example actually is a good friend of mine was transitioning when I was pregnant and uh, so Dan was becoming Daisy and we often shared the same the same feelings of just like what like you look in the mirror and you're just kind of like what I didn't know that's what I was looking like yeah and it's like a really weird feeling but it's not because I care a lot about what I look like you know, it's just weird to see someone else looking at you, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's really, really weird. But it is something that you can work on and you can, doesn't go away, but you can, you know. Right. Um, keep it under control. How's that been going? So, like, how how's, like, the food? How's it, like, I'm interested in this um, from kind of, like, a, I'm doing a lot of studying on, like, nutrition mm. right now. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, how do you find your relationship with food and like kind of like where it is now, I guess? 
I am getting a lot better because um, running is helping me a lot. Okay. Because when I eat food, I have a better run. And like I'm obsessed with running. So mm. in this OCD wheel that you're going through, you're probably going to be coming obsessed with some things that are good to be obsessed with. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's unhealthy to be too obsessed with running mm-hmm. because, you know, your injuries and whatever. But it's really helping me have an outlet to for numbers, too, besides weighing myself. I was doing a lot of that. Like every day I would weigh myself. And if it didn't go down, I wouldn't eat because I just didn't want this baby weight, you know. And it wasn't just baby weight. It was like saggy. Like you could pick me up from my stomach probably. So um, what was I just saying? Oh, you're talking about running and how it was like kind of a way to get numbers out. Yeah. Scale. So I uh, was talking to a dietitian and mm-hmm. he was great. He really helped. And um, he just he just said, think about food like medicine or mechanically eat like for energy. It's mm-hmm. not. And he described like the different kinds of eating and i always thought the only kind of eating that should be done is um like eat when you're hungry like for energy but there is like it's good to celebrate with food and it's totally normal to like indulge and because i went to him because i thought i was binge eating (laughs) and i definitely was not binge eating i just like ate some treats before bed sometimes and i it bothered me and i obsessed over it and then he was like it's not really a problem you know yeah no but yeah, he also uh, recommended I eat a lot of red meat, which I found kind of weird. Mm-hmm. It's definitely helping though, but at the same time, I just don't feel like uh, I actually want. Like in my heart, I don't really believe in eating meat, but it's definitely giving me the most energy I've had. Right. Yeah. What do you think about meat? Um, I think it's fine from the right source, and then uh, like mm. the um, like local. the ethics behind it. You know, I mean that's. You do like a whole podcast and like kind of discuss that part of it, um, you know. And I, it's like whatever you feel as far as like the ethics of eating meat. But as far as like meat, as long as it's sourced from a good source, um, you just want to eat it like in moderation, mm. like not too much of it. But I right. would say that it's pretty healthy to have like a regular amount of meat in diet. Yeah. Um, and like everything affects everybody differently, differently, right? Like there's like digestion too. So like some people have a really hard time digesting meat. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, as far as like healthy fats and, um, you know, like it's pretty tough to get it outside of meat. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm probably going to continue eating meat anyways, just until I'm done breastfeeding, but and breastfeeding is another crazy thing because the hormones that you go through are insane because the like your body is adjusting to how much milk your child needs so like at first they don't need as much and then they need more so your body comes up with more and then it goes down so your body's always like more milk less milk more milk less milk and then uh for example i stopped uh how does it know (laughs) how does it know yeah that isn't it crazy i don't i don't know just by it's like however much comes out it's like a the more comes in it's kind of like by demand like Mm. it's really weird it's like a very magic thing i didn't know that (laughs) i learned a lot of stuff yeah but um even if i had i caught a cold and then petra caught my cold but i had medicine for her in my breast milk i don't know how i got that i just because of my cold my breast milk made antibodies for her cold 
Wow. Yeah. Just amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. The human body is amazing. That's crazy. Holy shit, that's crazy. Yeah, it was nuts. And it was, it's kind of sad though for people with postpartum because you don't see how beautiful and crazy that is because you're just kind of like, oh, the hormones, oh, I don't want to make more milk. I don't want this feeling. I don't like this. My boobs hurt. They're, they're big right now and they're deflated now. And, you know, so you don't like it and you've, there's lots to complain about. But now that I'm like, she's eight months and I can see all of these struggles and beautiful stuff we went through together and, you know, it was really hard, but I'm so happy I'm on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So what, what point do you stop breastfeeding? You can keep going um, as long as you want. And I'm actually, in all of this, I'm surprised that uh, I was still able to breastfeed because, like, I wasn't eating enough. Uh, and breastfeeding takes out, uh, like, 500 calories a day. So wow. it's like, yeah, you got to stay on top of it. And mm-hmm. so, like, I think I was expecting my breast milk to just kind of, like, go away. But I don't know. <laughs> We're still going strong. Um, yeah, I'll probably stop after like a year, a couple more months. Cool. But that in its own is like, like every morning I wake up around 3am, like absolutely drenched in sweat because of the hormones of my body, like adjusting the milk. Cause she used to wake up and eat in the middle of the night and now she doesn't. So it's like, my body's kind of wondering where she is. And then he's like, what do we do with all this, this milk? And then I start sweating and it's really gross. <laughs> Holy shit, that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Your body just adapts to like that time. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it makes no sense to me, but because it's magic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It is magic. So, um, so she's eight months now. Mm-hmm. And you feel like you're kind of on the other side of, uh, oh, big time. The hard times, the hardest times, anyway. Yeah. With the postpartum. Just like so much more freedom. Um, I don't feel when I'm not with her, I got a lot of separation anxiety. Like I felt like a, like a really guilty anytime I was away from her, but now I'm like, see ya. (laughs) But yeah, so (laughs) she has, she feels comfortable with all of her family to watch her. And Mm -hmm. she's just, it's just like more freedom after more freedom. Like she can sit down now. So before say you're trying to clean something, she's crying and you have to put your hair up or something, you're going to have like a little mental, you're going to be like, oh, why am I here? Like, you know, like, mm-hmm. why is this me right now? This is so annoying. Mm-hmm. And this is it for the rest of my life. Like, that's what often went on in my head. Yeah. And, and now I can just sit her down on the ground, fix my ponytail, pick her back up. It's just like a lot easier. But before I had to like have her neck too. Mm-hmm. She had to be very like coddled, like, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're just toughening her up. <laughs> you can sit now here you go yeah yeah she's sick that's awesome um so then going back to like um kind of like before you did a couple interviews um so was your idea kind of do like similar to this like kind of like a mental health kind of podcast yeah um the take i was gonna go on was more of like a I used because the what I was going through then was like I used to just party a lot. I worked at, at a bar and just was like not taking care of myself, just drugs and alcohol. And um, I somehow just put my big girl pants on and just stopped doing that and started like working out again. And I even like I stopped smoking even weed and I just was completely clean, going to the gym, working, and that's it, and saving my money. So then I got the microphone and stuff with the podcast and 
yeah, there's just a lot of more people that I noticed uh, in the party scene who also kind of got sick of it. And I wanted to talk to them about how they got out of it so that other people in stuck in that party scene could get out of it too. Very if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, cause it's not e- an easy thing to do. It's a lot of willpower. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> probably the hardest thing I've ever done on my own was stop smoking poppers. Mm. It's so embarrassing to say, but if you're smoking poppers, it's like, stop, you know, mm-hmm. cause that was really, really hard, but I'm so proud of myself for doing that. And that completely changed my game. Mm-hmm. The poppers. Um, yeah. Because that was seriously like, like your cardio and stuff, right? Like if you went try to go for a run or whatever. And I would still go, but I just obviously went because I was just hyper and I needed to get my energy out. Mm. But now I'm really like trying to beat my times and I'm taking it more seriously as in a sport feeling. And it's, oh, it's really nice. I'm really digging it. That's awesome. And right now I'm trying to get like a lot of people to see that running can be medicine. Mm. Just like moving your body. I'm sure you know this from your um, fitness stuff yeah 100 like moving your body is the number one medicine that you have to do mm-hmm. and uh i just think a lot of people say oh well i'm not a gym person i'm not a runner i'm not this you know it's just like move like you ha- you have to mm-hmm. um doesn't matter what it is either you know no. it doesn't have to be running or squatting you can just just move just Go whatever for a it walk, is yeah. yeah like a walk dance in your room or something mm-hmm. it's just like really important to move Mm-hmm. your body because the less you use it the more you lose it mm-hmm. and same with your brain so like i'm trying to read a lot of books right now i don't have much confidence in my uh brain anyway but yeah uh well it's good for everything it's literally just good for everything like the the whole slate. yeah like totally. blood flow to the brain blood flow to the whole body everything um just any sort of movement you can do you're going to feel better after. Yeah. And it's like small victories, like little mm-hmm. goals met every day. Mm-hmm. It's like a really fast goal to meet. Yeah. So if you just say to yourself, oh, today I'm going to run a 5K, mm-hmm. for example, you can do that. And then you can do that for the rest of the week and then maybe change the goal and make it higher. And it's mm-hmm. just like a really easy way to get a goal rather than being like, oh, I want that Bentley. I'm going to save up now. And mm-hmm. and then by the time you can afford it, it's, you know, like yeah. whatever. Or, yeah. You know, it's just like a... It's an attainable goal. Yeah. Attainable, measurable goal that you can achieve like consistently. It's really important for me to be proud of myself over something once a day. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's what people should feel. Yeah. Like even if it's something kind of dumb, I need to... Example, I wanted to put in a big garden because we just moved into a new house and I was like, I'll be on mat leave. It'll be a six week awesome garden. And I was like really depressed. So I called it the postpartum depression garden. (laughs) <laughs> and it was the saddest looking garden you know so i got three cucumbers out of it and uh some chives and nice. i t- i was laughing at myself and just being like oh like you suck emily you know and then i was like you know what i was so depressed and i still have these and i mm. tried my best you know mm. yeah. so it, this this shitty little garden over here really shows that i was trying my best yeah because i really I was so depressed. I'm surprised I did it. Mm-hmm. Even planted those little ones. You still made a garden. Yeah. And you still got stuff from it. So even if you didn't do something that you think it deserves uh, to be proud mm-hmm. of, um, you can think about your day and you'll find something, mm-hmm. you know. 
a, a big thing that like I try to do is like especially with people like if, for the example of um, fitness like you just got to start small right so like you like oftentimes we shoot for like a huge goal to start like I want a Bentley by next year or like I want a huge garden mm-hmm. or um I want to do I don't run at all right now and I want to do a 10k by next week or you know just whatever the crazy goal is but it's kind of like like you said like small achievements so like you know for someone that's like really unfit it could be just like you know 10 squats twice a week mm-hmm. so just small things that are tangible and realistic and then over time you just gradually increase it yeah and that's uh when i had my first run like running is definitely my favorite and when i went for my first run after postpartum Mm -hmm. i went for a couple swims before this but it was so it was the worst time ever i couldn't even complete like one mile i was out of breath i was just i felt so gassed and i was like that's gotta be like 5k that's gotta be that's gotta be quite the run (laughs) and i look at the the watch and it was like nothing and so, like, I just remember, like, crying, thinking, like, I'm not, a, I can't run anymore because now I'm a mom. Moms don't run. Moms do this and they, <laughs> they can't do that. And, you know, yeah. so I would often be like, well, now this is your life now. You can't run anymore. Like, you're, you know. Mm-hmm. But then the next day I went out and I had another shitty run and cried and mm-hmm. had a terrible time. The next day I went out and had a really shitty run. And it just kept getting a little bit easier and a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. But I just kept doing it every day. Mm-hmm also with a rest day it's good good to have a rest day yeah but yeah by the end of uh four months postpartum i ran half marathon nice and so like I, that's awesome it's just really important to know that i couldn't run one mile and then i ran half a marathon mm-hmm. so that's it's crazy yeah. yeah and i've already ran four half marathons since having her I try to do wow. one once a month wow yeah so it's it's really helping me because i feel so proud whenever i come home from a run mm-hmm. and i feel so uh it's a really big meditation to push yourself through those barriers. Obviously, the whole time I'm running, I don't want to be running. Yes. You know, yeah. like, yeah. I think that's another thing that people go wrong with fitness. They think they don't like it because they get that feeling of, why am I doing this? I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. But that's why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, so that afterwards you're really proud. Yeah. And if you can uh, find comfort in the in that uncomfort, uh then you're really getting the benefits mentally from running or whatever you're into. hundred percent. Yeah. And, and just like you said, that's where the benefit comes from. Cause like, you know, I think it's something like it's a low percentage of people that actually enjoy exercise. I think mm-hmm. it's like 20 or 25% of people like actually enjoy exercise and the rest just um, don't. And I mean, like I consider myself that I, I do, Yeah. but I still like, there's plenty of days where I'm like, I don't feel like doing totally. it today. Right. Um, and it's just like you said, like you get the benefit from doing something, um, that you don't necessarily want to do, but you know that you should do it for yourself. Um, and then you feel better after. Yeah. Um, another big thing I learned with running is that you have to stay very present. mm, You can't, yeah. yeah, Like if I, I run like a 10 mile run, like regularly Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like if I, think oh wow i'm gonna feel so good after this or like can't wait to get to this point uh to the boardwalk and then i'll go for a walk at that point or i literally just have to be like this foot this foot this foot this foot this foot Mm -hmm. this foot and that's how present i am i actually pretend that the ground is being created by my feet and there's nothing else around me Mm -hmm. you know like it's it, it you can't think 
oh, this is a long road. I can't wait to be at the end of this road, mm-hmm. you know, because you're going to have hills and you're going to get exhausted, but then you're going to have that, you know, awesome song come on your playlist down a hill and you're going to be really happy that you're still running, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, it's funny. Like, it humbles you every time, right? Because, like, you can be doing 5K every day or whatever um, the distance is, but and it becomes easy. Hmm. Like, you think, like, afterwards, you're like, that was, like, I could do that. Like, um, getting better. Like, it wasn't that hard or whatever. But, like, as soon as you start, you still got to go through it again. It's like, you know, um, like you said, if you can't just think, like, oh, I can't wait to be done. It's like you still got to go through the whole thing, whether it takes 20 minutes, half hour, an hour. Yeah, you can't right. just black out and be done with the run. Yeah, exactly. You're, you should enjoy it and like see the birds that are there. Like the other day I was running past UPEI and there was like five horses running beside me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. So it's like hard not to feel that, you know, mm-hmm. or yeah. and you see another runner and you guys high five or something. Mm-hmm. It's like really, really good energy with running. 100%. Yeah. I found a big meditation, like meditative benefit from it too. Um and I found out too, like, and everyone kind of talks about it. It's like the f- first five, 10 minutes is like of running. It's like, hell, I, I hate this. Why am I out here? <laughs> and then like after that, you just kind of like get into a rhythm. Yeah. Um, And then like, it's just kind of like, you just keep going. But it is a big mental test because when you get to that point, um, like that steady state exercise where you're just going, you're not necessarily getting more tired. You know, you're just kind of in the, uh, like the flow state it's like your mind is the only thing that's going to make you stop Mm -hmm. right yeah totally and that's when you need to start thinking about this foot that foot this foot that foot yeah and everything is just happening right here in front of me um that's something i'm really bad at doing like um just in general Mm -hmm. so like running has really helped me see that Mm -hmm. that you kind of have to do that for example i'm trying to get into um a journalism position or something you know yeah something better than my serving job um because obviously now like i have a baby and stuff so i'd like to you know bring home the bacon a bit <laughs> but uh yeah i'm like oh i really really want to work uh for cbc or i really want to do this and but i'm at this like i'm going to start a program where it's a good opportunity and i'll meet people i'm not sure who i'm going to meet yet but like it's the first step yeah so i'll be doing like administrative work but only climbing from there Mm -hmm. and sometimes it sucks because i don't know where i'm climbing to but Mm -hmm. you just have to start climbing and figure it out you know yeah and that's kind of how life goes usually it's just like yeah rolling with the punches Mm -hmm. it's a big one my husband's really good at that rolling with the punches Mm -hmm. just adjusting to whatever's in front of you like no plans i think that's a big um thing in life like a really good quality to have because a lot of people have like a plan yeah in their minds they get anxious when it doesn't work yeah and it's kind of like they plan like a perfect scenario in their head and then when it's not you can really build it up in your head like to think like everything's going to be like this and it's never like that like because it's life so it's just unlimited amount of variables right so it's just going to be how it is yeah i mean you can you you pick a path but you got to go with it yeah and Another example too, I, uh, whenever you're, so I was on my period last week and no one wants to go for a run when they're on their period and it was, I did go anyways and it wasn't enjoyable and it was slow. My feet were so heavy and I definitely ran slower, but the next, the next week when my period was done, it was like really easy feeling. So, Mm. and I wouldn't have had that easy feeling if I had that shitty feeling, same as, um, Going up a hill sucks, but going down a hill feels so good. Mm-hmm. So go up the hills so that you can go down the hills because you wouldn't know 
there wouldn't be good if there wasn't bad or exactly you know 100 percent. it's a really big thing that's taught me mm -hmm. to have good things happen bad things need to happen because then there is no such thing as good exactly it's just one thing you know exactly yeah and there's no such thing as just like life would be boring if it's just like like the steady state never changes um the same all the time like there's no such thing as like perfect good all yeah. the time right yeah um and i don't think it's normal for humans i don't think it's natural i think like we're just as you were saying like the reward of like completing a task like i think like you know like going back to like hunter gathers and stuff like we had the task of like finding food every day and then we'd find it and there'd be a celebration. So there's like, I think it just goes back to that of like, just, we need to like struggle to live yeah, <laughs> happily. Totally. Totally. Like imagine, uh, you worked a really long, hard shift and you come home from work, how good that feels. Mm -hmm. So imagine just having the day off all the time. Mm -hmm. You would never get that feeling. relief feeling. And that's that, ah, oh, I deserve this kind of feeling. Exactly. And it's, yeah, it's really important. Yeah. No, I think humans need structure and they need to struggle. But, you know, struggles like it's not necessarily there's probably a better word for it because um, it struggle is kind of associated with something negative. But it's like mm. you need to like live, <laughs> you know, yeah. you can't Ebbs just be stagnant. Yeah. You need to move. There's like, a J. Cole, there's like a J. Cole line of um, don't sleep on your level because there's beauty in the struggle. Mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. and there's ugliness in the success <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah 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 um connor murphy i don't think you know connor uh he came on the podcast um i think he's like one of the first couple something he said was like um he's talking about how he had like a time where he like wasn't in school and like he's transitioning to a job and he's like if you ever have a time where you don't do anything you don't have a schedule you have to make a schedule because if you don't you're going to be and that's the thing, like people get depressed. If you're just sitting watching Netflix all day, like yeah. there's a good chance you're going to get depressed. Right. And then like probably kind of what happened to you, right? Like you just feel like you weren't doing much all day. And yeah. then coming from someone that did a lot of things every day, it just goes to like, it's guaranteed to go into a bad place. But he was saying like, yeah, like he's like watching Netflix on a Saturday when you had a long week feels great. Watching Netflix on a Tuesday when you did nothing all week. Yeah. Fucking sucks. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yep, that's a big one. Yeah. Um but um yeah. Um Is there anything else you'd like to uh oh wait. The so you're putting on a run. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um so I've I have a lot of people uh my, on my Instagram I talk about running a lot and I'll post my I actually posted uh that first run, like my first run on Strava screenshotted and then i i said i'm gonna change this three to a 10 this month and then i just showed the progress of how like hard it was and with my stats and everything and a lot of people were just coming up to me and saying like oh my gosh like you're making me want to go for a run like mm. i see you running all the time and i just want to go for a run now you look like you're enjoying yourself so much and i just like started being like go for the run like let's do it it's, yeah. so, it's so worth it like yeah. it's all i want to talk about and mm -hmm. um yeah so uh then I heard uh, Jacob Simmons um, passed away mm -hmm. and just awful, awful news. It was, I wasn't very close with him or anything. I just was very inspired by his Instagram whenever I was uh, fresh out of the hospital because he was doing the calendar club challenge. Colin O'Brady uh, has this challenge and 
it's basically like you run uh, each day of the month, you run that many miles. And then by the 26th, oh. you do the marathon. But you oh. can uh, break it up. It's hard to explain. Like you can uh, break it up into different numbers of runs in the days, except for the marathon day. So anyways, Jacob did it. And I was like, wow, Jacob, this is my goal now. Thank you so much for doing that. I'm so pumped. And he's just like, good luck or whatever. <laughs> and then like I, and then like a couple uh, weeks later, my sister was like, did you hear about Jacob Simmons? And I was like, what? I couldn't believe it. It was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just kind of sat on that for a little bit. Um, and when I would go for a run, I would just be thinking about him. And yeah. <laughs> um, and then I, uh, then I saw that his father had passed away too, like maybe like four weeks after he did. So as like a new wife and a new mother, I really wanted to like just squeeze this woman who's just lost her, her son and her husband. I'm not sure if he has siblings or not, but I just can't imagine how this woman feels. And I uh, originally wanted to raise some money for her, mm-hmm. but uh, she insisted on um, it going to the scholarship fund. So mm-hmm. that's still a great thing. And uh, she is a sweet lady. This, this Brenda woman is very sweet. And yeah. I'm I will be dedicating my run like to her pretty much and my also my friend Jesse Howitt passed away um he committed suicide uh a year ago so running for him too sometimes you just want to run for pe- people that can't run you know mm-hmm. but anyways yeah so here's how the day will work it's on October tw- October 17th which is Jesse's birthday and also that's the day that the New York Marathon the virtual New York Marathon starts um so if you wanted it to be like an official marathon you can just go virtually do the new york one and my goal is to just see as many people training for a goal that they're setting for october 17th and i just want to say like you can pick the race you can pick the pace and the place so it's all your own run and your own goal and also there's social distancing stuff so i don't want to be responsible for that stuff and uh yeah, and I hear a lot of people are excited. I, did, I was really surprised. I made a GoFundMe for the fund and uh, for the scholarship fund, and it already met the the first day it was up. It already met the goal, and I didn't even think like many people were looking at my social media <laughs> like that. But um, yeah, it feels really good. And even some of my friends that like don't run, and I would never imagine them running, probably don't own sneakers. Are like I went for a run good friend wow. of mine she's like emily i went for the run for the first time in my life wow and i was like do you feel amazing she's <laughs> like yeah but i really gotta quit smoking and i'm like there you go <laughs> yeah and uh, some of my friends um yeah they're training for the marathon together and and i just want people to uh that day take a picture of yourself before and after your goal or your run and then i'll put it all together so that everyone can see how awesome it feels to just finish your goal that's and you awesome. pick the race, the pace, and the place, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. Yeah, I'm really pumped about it. The race, pace, and the place. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I'll definitely share that. I'll share your post and um, the uh, GoFundMe as well. Yeah. It's not even... Mo- like I, uh, It's important to raise money for the scholarship for sure, but I really want to raise more awareness for, about running as medicine mm-hmm. because it, it just helped me get a... F- like numbers of times in my life it's really helped me get out of darkness so yeah yeah. so if if someone is in some darkness and maybe running's gonna help them and they just never thought about it maybe they'll find out and this is their time you know that's the thing yeah if it helps one 
person it's good enough start running yeah that's awesome yeah and some people are getting groups together and uh training as a group and it's really nice to see yeah no that's awesome um well i guess maybe we'll end it there yeah um i just want to say thank you so much for coming on thanks for reaching out um thanks for sharing all this i know it's not easy to share yeah um (laughs) yeah is there anything else um, you'd like to say before we head off i think that's everything that's all i got that's awesome thanks so much (laughs) thank you (laughs) 